0: You know, as earnings season is winding down, we're hearing from more and more companies that are warning. I mean, it's just tough out there. Home Depot came out and said, we have no idea. You know what the consumer is going to do, so we're regarded in our projections. A lot of retail, commercial real estate has been in tough shape. So it's always nice to see a pleasant surprise, especially when it's a local company. AECOM came out with earnings that were better than expected. The guidance was strong. They're going to buy back a billion dollars worth of their stock if nobody else wants it. And they're going to raise their dividend. Our hero today is Troy Rudd, the CEO of AECOM. It's good to have you with us.
1: Thank you, David. It's very kind of you to say that. No, but you're an
0: anomaly. I mean, this is not. This is not what we've been hearing, and, and and especially the guidance, because your guidance was really positive. You have, you have great visibility. I guess. We we do
1: so. I think we have spent the last four years um, changing the focus of the company, and part of that change in focus was positioning us so that we would participate in some really good long-term favorable trends and those three trends first is there is an ongoing investment in infrastructure and it started a number of years ago here in the it's visible and started a number of years ago here in the u.s and it continues but also there are some broader trends that we participate in um, and they're related infrastructure so we've heard we've heard of one as sustainability and resilience but Think about that as, you know, the world during and after COVID said, we probably need to change how our supply chains work. And those are some pretty significant investments in infrastructure to change how supply chains work. Or they said, boy, we've really had a tough time with hurricanes and coastal uh, flooding. And so we need to make an investment in improving the resilience of our shoreline and in our communities. And then the third thing is really an investment in energy transition. And so we think about that or talk about that as decarbonization, which is important. But you can also think about this as um, companies, cities, countries, making an investment in creating their own energy independence because they can invest in new technology to generate energy. And then if you invest in new technology to generate energy, so that might be solar power, that might be wind, You have to put the infrastructure in place to actually store the energy, which could be hydrogen, or you then have to put the infrastructure in place to distribute it differently and use it differently. And that means that for a long, long, long time, um, the world is going to be investing in infrastructure. And that's what we do for a living. We give design advice, we give advice to clients on how they should be building their vision around it. And then we actually do a lot of program and construction management work to help them actually build out that infrastructure over a long period of time to support
0: their needs. Well you're nimble. And so, we, we so, benefit you can, from, so you can move tailwinds. from area to area and sort of whatever's hot. And and it's a it's like a portable skill.
1: Uh it is very much so. We have that's the great thing about our business, right? We have fifty two thousand people that are engineers scientists program managers architects designers um very broad range of technical skills that um, are portable across kind of all of those all, all of those trends to support that infrastructure development so you know the company's built for it and then beyond that we're having phenomenal success in the marketplace we've done some things that i think separate us from our peers I'll, I'll give you an interesting stat, which I think is really important, is um, we have large large projects that we bid on, um, and our success rate is 90% this year.
0: In the bids? So in winning, uh, winning RFPs? The bids.
1: Yeah. So think about this. As we're talking about the large ones, global bids for programs that are actually $50 billion or greater in size, and we obviously set this. We set we set out on to bid these. It takes years, so we have them on a list. We work on them for years. We bid them this year, and this isn't more than one. This is a lot. Um, our success rate in terms of capturing the dollars is 90%. So, of every one dollar we're bidding on, we're winning 90 cents, which is extraordinary. And so, we're doing some things in the business that I think are creating a, a competitive advantage in terms of the outcomes we can deliver for our customers. But you're
0: working primarily now in the public sector rather than the private sector, right?
1: No, it's a combination. Uh, globally, we're about a 60-40 split, 60 public and 40% private.
0: What about in the U.S.? Because it seems like the money that's available right now and, and that, that they're willing to spend is in the public sector. There's still a lot of American Rescue Plan Act money and, and other monies out there to be spent, at least in the U.S.
1: There, there is, but um, it's not that different. Our profile anywhere in the world, you know, it skews is uh, you know five percent plus or minus either way. But you can think about us as really being sixty percent public sector and forty percent private sector.
0: Yeah, this is all as you pointed out in your in your bid process, very long term, and and the vision has to be long term. So are you not affected by, you know, the weakness that's going on in, you know, in the UK right now? I know I know you're very active there and in, in Ireland, but. But are these projects that that were in play before the economic slowdown, for example?
1: Uh, a number of them were, but on the other hand, there was some. There were actually some programs where we won some work, but because of the the austerity decisions made by the UK government, those projects actually um, were uh, they were turned off, and so we we had we had work we were going to start, and now we're not. The beauty of it is is there is just they've still a significant ongoing investment in the development of infrastructure even in the UK, right? Even with the austerity measures. The one the one interesting thing about government is that they talk about cutting their budgets. I think what they really do is they just slow the rate at which they continue to spend. And so uh, I, I think there might be a misnomer, you know, when you talk about sort of austerity measures. Governments don't typically slash their budgets. They just slow the rate of spend so that eventually, you know, the, the GDP rate, uh, their GDP grows at a faster rate than they continue to spend money. And that's the way they control they control effectively their debt or their deficit
0: spending. Well, it's nice to know the money going to be spent eventually. But if you're a public company and you've got to answer to Wall Street every three months, you know, it's kind of tough to say, well, let's just kick the can down the road a couple yeah. of quarters.
1: Yeah. But we're lucky again, lucky. We've, you know, sort of think about us as a, as a diverse portfolio. Yeah. We have various business lines, transportation, water, energy, environment, buildings, you know, again, buildings and facilities, but then we're also, you know, in countries across the world. So that sort of diversified portfolio effect has an impact. And we do have a very large backlog and our backlog this year across our design business, which is about 94% of our total business, um, it grew at
0: 12%. We had tremendous growth in this country in commercial real estate. And now, of course, everybody's talking about this is the next, you know, debacle. And and it's already yeah. beginning to show up. It's certainly, at, yeah. at, at best, it's it's slowed down. Did you have much exposure? Do you have much exposure to commercial real estate? We, we
1: do have exposure, but not much exposure. Our exposure to commercial real estate represents 3% wow. of our wow. overall, overall revenue. But... It doesn't stop, but it absolutely, I'll say, slows and, and certainly decisions and investments have been delayed, you know, by, again, without without sort of, you know, um, describing the factors that are behind that. There is absolutely a slowdown in commercial office and in major cities in the U.S.
0: But you're right about the public sector. I mean, I look just around here. Uh, we've been following the, I guess they're going to break ground on the. The redo of the convention center here, which is a massive operation and a brand-new terminal at DFW. I mean, if this, is, if this is a slowdown, it doesn't look like much of a slowdown.
1: Well, yeah, I agree with that. The world needs infrastructure, and it's taken a long time for funding to come in place to support the, uh, the needs. And frankly, at certain times, I'll call it needs, combination needs and ambitions.
0: So what did you tell the analysts today? They always want to see the future. What's your vision over the next couple of quarters? Do you have pretty good visibility?
1: We have very good visibility. Uh, and, and that supports, again, the guidance that we gave. Our, vis- our visibility is, an, is, is principally created by the backlog that we have. You know, our, our projects go out for a lot of it for many years. And so having that that we've already started or will get underway, it creates great visibility and certainty for the, the, certainly the next year.
0: Well, it's, it's, uh, AECOM is a Fortune 500 company, $13 billion in revenues last year, over 50,000 employees. And the CEO is uh, Troy Rudd, our guest today. It's good to have you with us. Thank you for having it's me. nice to hear some good numbers, too. Somebody who's optimistic. <laughs> for more of that conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO of David Johnson News, Radio 1080, KRLD.